Dreamers, you are listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I have a beautiful woman with me today, Valera Wilson, and she is the founder of Positive Identity. It is a business that provides women inspiration and tools to thrive in their relationships, career, finances, and faith. And you guys, we are going to be talking all about thriving today because she has 15 years of experience generating millions in revenue for Fortune 500 companies and brands, including AT&T and First Data and Verifone and all of these different companies. And But really, she personally knows the power of showing up with confidence. And that's so much of what we're going to talk about today, what it looks like to be you know, launching your own company and shifting out in and out of corporate and what those different identities are. And she's received industry-wide recognition for her leadership as a woman and also named 2020 USA Rise Up Woman in 2018, as well as the U.S. Ambassador for the Global Women's Accelerator Program. Valera, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, such a pleasure to have you. Thanks, Abigail. I'm excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about what it's like to, you know, how you got your start in founding your company. Sure. So for me, it was an evolution. It's been an evolution. As you mentioned, I've been in corporate for the past almost almost 20 years um, with Fortune 100 and 500 brands. And it's just evolved. I really started to look at what I was most passionate about as a result of my experiences at work in my in my everyday life. And I started to, you know, I was coming in contact with so many different women, in particular at different leadership levels, as well as in um, my everyday life. And I thought, you know, there was something, I was starting to see these common themes of this, this tentativeness, this fear at times of showing up fully. And so as I began to do my own work and I continue to do the work on myself is that I started to see that there was something in it that was it was a burning passion for me to help other women do the same. It's to own their voice, to show up with that confidence and really to own their yes so they could thrive. I love that. And you hit two really important topics. One is that out of all of my experience, I identified my passions, right? Because like, I'm sure we all have like tons of experience in tons of areas, but we don't have to actually like spread ourselves so thin. And so finding out what you're mostly truly passionate about and then being able to identify some of those common themes with women, maybe, you know, timid or tentative and and not really sharing their voice. And so what inspired you to really make that shift? Because, you know, I think that a lot of us feel those things or we know those things, but we don't actually take that step off the ledge of bravery. Tell us more about that. Sure. So I think it just became just something that I couldn't ignore or shake. And I think I began to think about in my life, what was I going to be the most purposeful and passionate about? And that became the driving force. And I'm still figuring it out. Like I do not have it all figured out. I've spent majority of my whole life, my, my adult life in the corporate world and it has its benefits and it has its pluses. And as I continue, but I think there's also this, I, I think what is most important to me is that yes, you work, you may work for a company, but is that your identity? Is that your purpose? Is that your gift, right? Yes, you might be good at finance, but is that the gift that you want to leave the world? And so I think that's what I started to really look at is that, you know, one, 
ideally your corporate life is exactly that. It's your corporate life. It, it's not your entire life. At least it ideally should not be. And so what is it that you came that you were birthed to do really? That's what I really started to look at myself and ask is that if, you know, not to sound morbid, but when I die, what will I be most happy about having done? Mm. And for me, it became about being purposeful and helping other women. Mm. And so because a lot of times we have our own personal experiences that, that our own personal pains that we have to grow through and go through. And from that, oftentimes that becomes our passion. And for that's pretty much what it was for me. Yeah. Spot on. So spot on. And I, um, whether I think that you're saying it and sharing it so well because it's I know it's hitting points for me and I hope that it's hitting points for the listeners of like I'm going through something that maybe doesn't make sense or I'm not fully passionate or I I know that there's more to me than my role and my title and my identity and and these accolades and yet and yet I don't know how to identify my true purpose my true passion my true calling and I love that you said like I couldn't ignore it or shake it. I, I I love to identify that the things that you're you know you're passionate about, they start to nag and they start yes. to pull and tear you apart until it gets louder and you can't ignore it. Yeah, you and hear I me. Know. So what do you know about that? <laughs> uh, you you hit the nail on the head, Abigail. You're absolutely right. Is that it just it starts to nag at you and you start to go like I cannot ignore this. It becomes louder. It's almost like a fire in your belly. And that's the question I always ask, like, what's in your belly? What's in your belly to birth? What's in, what are you so, what bothers you Mm. when you see it happening to someone else? Mm. What hurts you when you see someone else going through it? What are those things, right? And then start to craft whatever you decide to do from that oftentimes. Or obviously, and it doesn't always have to be a nonprofit. It could be a for-profit business, but it could be wrapped in something that you are personally passionate about. And I think that's really what you have to just dig into and ask yourself, like I said, what is bothering you? What drives you insane when you see it? Um, What problem do you see yourself solving for somebody else? Because maybe you experienced that. And that's really all the business is. Some people choose to do it through widgets or technology or things. So other people choose to do it in the form of coaching or something like that because they see see a need. So it's really about what you see Mm. and what bothers you. Yeah. What bothers you? I hate to see women settle for less. I hate to see women concede and to shrink and to hide. It bothers me when I hear a woman says, well, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can have that. It bothers me. And because I just want to shake them and be like, you deserve it. You absolutely deserve it. I want to have to sit down like you are worth this. You are worth that and cut yourself some slack. You were born for this. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I personally do not like to see women shortchange themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said what's in your belly to birth, right? Like, cause if it bothers you, I, I heard it once, uh, probably five years back now is like losing sleep over something, right? Mm-hmm. If it keeps you up at night, it's probably within your uh, yes. realm of alignment to bring something into the world in that realm. And then you also said something that I think is very important for someone who's listening, who maybe they feel that burn, they feel that fire, that passion, but they don't understand how to turn it into a business or how to bring it into um, delivering their gifts to the world, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that what's so important is what's the gap that you see 
And how do you bridge that gap? How are you yeah. going to be the one to fill the gap? And so yeah. um, truly solving a problem or a missing in the world. And so what do you have to say about that part? Well, I think it's, you know, there's always that burning side, that passion side, and then there's the business side. And so there is that gap, right? You have to figure out how to marry that. And that takes a lot of time, yeah. I think. And it's something that I'm still figuring out and walking through. But I think you have to think about it from a couple of ways. Like my background is marketing. I've been doing marketing for a very long time. <laughs> and so it's around what does your market need? What does your potential client need? What keeps her or him up at night? What solution are they looking for? And how do you package it in a way that addresses their pain mm. or brings them delight? It's one of the two. From there, you just have to craft into a business model. I think that's where you see a lot of people moving into the coaching space because there are a lot of specific problems that people have. And unfortunately, not everybody's solved the problems for them, right? We, we're all very unique people. So sometimes we might think, well, my solution can't be what people need. Mm -hmm. But it's not quite true. You have to just think about it from a What's the biggest pain that you see that you can offer and how can you deliver that to the largest number of people, right? And yes, it may require you to maybe take that very passionate idea and I won't say sanitize it in a way, but clean it up in a way so that people can accept it and receive it. That mm -hmm. makes it digestible for them and makes mm -hmm. them want it, if that makes sense. Um, and that's a process, but that's a process every business goes through. Totally. You're, I love what you're saying. And I also love the way that you're speaking into whoever might be listening and how to like bring that passion and the marketing side, like not everybody has that and in that knowledge. And so thank you for sharing a little <laughs> few pieces. And I wanted to um, say one more piece that I think because you have that marketing and, and it's so natural you said, um, you know, what does your market need? I think one step before that is who is your market, right? Absolutely. Like, because oh, yeah. when bridging the gap from passion to business, like, yes, it took me four solid years, three solid years to figure out, okay, I'm great at what I do. I know I have these gifts. How the heck do I package it? Because you said it, you're like, not to water it down, but you narrow it down, you shape it, you refine it, you define it so that people can actually receive the package and handle it and pay for it and, and be thankful and grateful and use it. And so it's so brilliant what you're sharing and then being able to identify like who that market is, what they actually need, where they hanging out, right? Like, and it's so interesting to me because, you know, I'm working with this, uh, I, this one specific client's on my mind right now. And, and she is a mom who of, of a blended family, but she was a single mom for a long time and struggling on the day-to-day -day basis, hitting bills and this and that. And now she is like successful and she wants to turn around and use her experience to serve the world. And I'm like, who are you talking to? And she's like, 20-year-old me the one who is clueless and fearful and hopeless. And, and just, I want to tell her that there is hope and it's going to be okay. And it's like, exactly. So like we can narrow that down so fine tuned that we're not meant, we don't need to serve every and anybody. It's so nice to get specific about it. Yes, you can. And I think that's the challenge sometimes, especially with social media and things today is that you see so many people doing so many different things that you might have a tendency, we might have a tendency to, try to match them and do what they're doing too and do it like them. And I think that we have to always think about the differentiator, 
Like what makes you different? What makes your message different? And not be afraid to get very specific. And it may take time for that to get traction, but if you continue to speak to the pains or the heart of your audience, it'll pick up, but it's hard to do that when you're trying to be just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this came to me, but I want to bring it into the picture. Cause like, yes, we have entrepreneurs here, but I think that we're speaking about relationship too, right? Mm-hmm. Like if we were to be starting a specific and an intimate relationship, it's like, we don't need to find all the men or all the women. We need to find no. the one. Do you, what do you have to say about that perspective? It's true. It's like what everything else, who, what type of person is the one for you, right? You got to really think about that and walk through that process. And like you said, it's not about quantity. It's definitely about quality. And I, I, I remember for me dating, it was, I started to get really specific about what was important to me. Mm -hmm. And that helped me to spend less time or waste less time on someone that wasn't. And I remember I didn't realize I was getting that specific and that focused until after I'd gotten married. And a friend of mine said, I watched you while you were dating. You were like, you were like, nope, not him because he's not this. He doesn't want that. You were very clear on the reasons why. No. And so it helped you move faster to meet the one that was for you. So I think dating is the same. Not that we have to be so like, like meet the perfect person, but they've got to have most of the things that are going to be important to us in order for us to be in a healthy relationship. And when we start to look for those things, as opposed to just casually dating with no direction, no sense of what's important, you end up spending less time or wasting less time on someone that is not right for you. Mm, yes, yes. I um, For those who are eating up this part of the conversation, I, I did do a podcast episode called Dating 101. And it's, I, I want to speak into it because you list, you said I had this, I had standards, I had conditions of satisfaction, I had expectations that I wasn't willing to negotiate. And it's not about some perfect person, right? It's about perfect in alignment, let's say. Yeah. So I love, so thanks for bringing that, uh, that perspective in because how beautiful, right? And, and that we don't need to overwhelm ourselves and we don't need to spend time out of alignment with on someone who's not right. It becomes very clear. And then we stop being mad at ourselves for dating the wrong people. <laughs> Yeah, at some point, personal responsibility comes into play because you picked them, right? Yeah, yeah. Stayed around. Uh, And I think that's the hard part to to really digest sometimes for us. It's like, oh, wait, I did. I'm the one that allowed that. I'm the one that said yes to that second, third, fourth, fifth date. And when you realize that, you're like, okay, so I need to do a little better picking. Yeah. Then it becomes a bit easier. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you for that. And and to bring it back into the business side is when you're becoming an entrepreneur, I think we all start as like a jack of all trades. Like I have mm-hmm. to be the bookkeeper and the salesperson and the mm-hmm. deliverer and the professional, you know, all and the secretary. And so what does alignment in business look like for you? For me right now, right, because my business is, you know, it's infancy, right? It's really, but I have such a massive career that I've developed over time. And so I have to be really Really strategic with my time. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing that I've decided is that I cannot be and I won't try to be everything because it's either going to be one of two things. You're going to put a lot of time into it or a lot of money into it. You're going to have to put both, but which one that sometimes one is going to lead over the other. And I decided for me earlier on is that I was going to put the time in, but it was also going to be important for me to put the investment into people that could help. So for example, right now with launching my book, I'm not doing it all. 
I refuse to try to do it all. Sometimes as women, we try to do it all. Mm. And I heard the phrase, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, take people along with you, right? The right people, of course. And so I think we just have to think about if it truly is a business, who can you put in place to do the specific task to the degree that you have the financial resources or, you know, maybe even get an intern, but think about, think about it as a business from day one, as truly an entity and treat it like that with who are the people, what are the tasks, what are the roles, what are the responsibilities, delegating to people and letting them do what they're supposed to do, holding them accountable. If they don't, then it's obviously not a match, but really, I think sometimes we, we look at, um, because it's, oh, it's just, it's just my little, maybe for example, my side business right now, or it's just, we don't treat it like it's really a business and you have to speak with intention. You have to operate with intention from day one. And as if you expect it to grow, what are you doing to treat it like it has a capacity to grow? So again, for me right now with, you know, launching the book, I have, you know, different people doing different things because in my mind, I'm responsible for strategy and direction. I'm not responsible for the everyday single little detail of the tactics. Like that's not what CEOs do, right? Treating your business like you're the CEO from day one. And that doesn't mean you won't have to get your hands dirty and do certain things, but you have to be strategic, I think. Yes. Beautiful. And um, women, we are not (laughs) meant to go at it alone, whether that be motherhood, relationship, business, any health, wellness. We're a communal species. We are to get, we are meant to go together. And I love that statement. So just thank you for bringing that in. And then um, something that you were explaining was the difference between a visionary and an implementer, right? Like (laughs) the CEO can see it's an eagle's view and you're like this, this, that, and the other and delegation. And especially shifting as as a woman CEO, shifting from like maybe an employee mindset into the CEO role is you're going to have to surrender some control and some some micromanaging uh, habits. <laughs> yes. Um, I think the one book that I remember, you know, obviously, again, just I always like to read different books. And if you ever read The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, Mm-mm. and he talks about how it's so important to build your, almost like the McDonald's franchise model, right? Like, it, you know, you can put in, plug and play and put anybody into those pieces because you, you kind of have this system in places in your business. And the point is that he makes it that you should be working on your business and not in it. Yes. And because I think oftentimes women, we want to kind of control it and make sure it's, oh, it's our baby. It's our baby. As most entrepreneurs, male and female, honestly, yeah. um, but we'll try to coddle every single task And so we end up getting overwhelmed and nothing really gets done and we don't get to move as far. And so for me, I think about that and say, okay, I'd rather put somebody in the role that can do it 80% of the way that I do it Mm. and give me 80% of my time back to do something else versus me doing doing it 100% of the way that I want to do that one thing and losing that time to do the directional uh, strategic things. Yes. And just to give anybody who who this resonates, any hope is honestly, I had that, I had that breakthrough, I think I would say 2018 and here we are in 2020. And like, I'll tell you, it comes in phases of growth, right? Like Mm -hmm. I remember giving away certain tasks that I thought only I can do it. I'm so important, right? Like my, it's got to come from (laughs) my brain and, and giving that away to some of my employees and, and my teammates, like, 
took something. It, it, parts of me had to actually, let's say, die this this whole I'm so important identity that it can't possibly succeed without me. And that's not true. And when you're willing to give that up, it actually is able to succeed without you. And that's a relief. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's the thing because if the business is built only on yep. you, yep. it's really not a business, it's another job, yeah. right? Yeah. And so again, looking at it from a perspective of, okay, how far do I want this to go and grow? Because it's impossible for us to do five different things 100% of the way well, it's so important for us to release that because what I found is that creativity, you reach this this wall of creativity when you're trying to do too many things. Thank you just you. lose, you start to, you can't think creatively about anything anymore no. because you're, you're so deep into the weeds of the task, the task, the task, the task. I got to get this next task done. And so I start to think like, man, I'm a marketing person, like I said. And so I noticed even for what I'm working on this was working on the book launch process. It's like, okay, I'm not going to be very creative. If I'm trying to do everything. I'm not going to, cause it's almost like, like you said, you got to step back from it and look at it from afar. And so I have just found just release and relief and being able to be creative and think about things and say to my team, Hey, check this out, do this. Here's what I need to see. And I think that also comes from, too, my experience in my corporate roles is that I've managed teams, right? Large teams, high-performing teams, mm-hmm. and realizing that I had to trust the people in their roles. Yes. I had to trust the people that were there with me because, I, I mean, I worked for global companies and I was walking sometime into roles managing people that were old enough to be my parents, had been working for maybe 20, 30 years already before I walked in. And so I had to get comfortable leaning into their strengths. And so that's the part I had to realize is that there are people that have strengths for a reason because they can take the load and they can run with it. It might not be something that you're good at, mm-hmm. and something that you don't want to do, by the way, something that you hate doing. So why not outsource it anyway? <laughs> you know? That's so beautiful because we we're doing stuff that we don't want to be doing and only because of our desire to control or that again, like for me, that self-importance thing. Right. And um, you said to like, to, to give up, to surrender, to trust in other people's capabilities. And, and, you know, I think that we, we want to do that genuinely from a very genuine place and yet we have fear. And so uh, that's, it's definitely something to practice. And I think it's a beautiful thing to practice but it has to be something that we intentionally take on truly because um, I I, I took a quick note here about being a cell in the body, right? Like if you're a cell in the body, you can't be a cell in the brain and the heart and the foot, right? Like you have to just be your role. And as a CEO, you might be a cell in the eye or the heart or the brain because you can see and you're in the operating center, but that doesn't mean you're operating the hand yourself, you're letting someone else do it. And and that sets you free, like you were sharing that freedom to really be creative. Now let's talk, let's shift over into thriving, right? Like, because if you have the room, the freedom, the time, the energy to actually be the creative being that you came here to be, then what? Tell us all about that. Well, I mean, it gives you time to, I think you go far. I think you go farther. Again, when you really think about it, you're not cluttered with the minutiae. You're able to really think about weeks ahead, months ahead. You're able to daydream. Yeah. You're able to really just think about the what ifs. You are, you're, able, you're able to get big brain and really just 
have a moment of just play, right? And say, huh, maybe that, okay, this could, what about this? And then from there, you can start to, again, bring everybody else on board to say, okay, this is what I was thinking. What do you guys think? How do you, where do you see this happening? What it's, it's just, um, it's an important part of it, right? It's like, you're running fast, right? And everybody else is, you know, you're, you're supposed to be running ahead and people are supposed to be behind you. Like, hey, we got you. Throw the baton back when you get farther enough ahead. I think the other part of it too, as I think about this is time. You only have so much time. Unfortunately, we have to realize that and say, okay, if I only have so much time, what makes sense to spend my time doing? So that let's say, you, yes, you are an entrepreneur, but what about your physical health, emotional health, relational health? Do you have time for any of those other things? Mm-hmm. And it's fine for a season where you maybe you have to do everything by yourself, but that can't be forever because, again, you haven't really built a business. You've built another job. And then in the process of you doing building that business, everything else is just kind of falling to the wayside. So for me, it goes back to quality of life. There's been seasons, you know, I feel like I'm now coming into the season where I am able to delegate more, but there was a season where I was doing it all. I was being that everything, right? And I had to realize for me, what's most important to you? What do you value? Do you value time to just spend time with your husband? Do you value time with your family? Do you spend value spending time just doing nothing, thinking for a minute? If you value those things, then you've got to create something that gives you the opportunity to do that. Having the one-track mind is just never good. Mm-mm, no. You mentioned it a little earlier, and then you brought back up a second ago about like that when you're willing to give up all those roles and quit running around like a crazy person, you get your time back. And yes. so then you get to actually use it. Because I, I, I keep, you're, you're bringing me flashback in into when I was giving up stuff and like giving away, you know, the emailing process or the follow-up this or the scheduling that or whatever. When I trusted my teammates to do that, I got to be the coach I got to be the author. And then like you said about daydreaming again is like the creative flow is just out of this world when you create some room in your schedule for it. And so I just want to thank you because like it's it's just, I'm feeling all warm and fuzzy right now about it. <laughs> and I think it's great to, um, I love the organic way that this is unfolding because I know that many people who are listening may be launching a business or dreaming about launching a business, but we subconsciously stop ourselves because of the fear of becoming too busy, having too many responsibilities, too much on our plate. We ha- we do have a family. We do have a relationship and how on earth, like we don't even have enough time now, how are we going to fit a business in, right? Especially the idea of starting it and struggling through a little bit of it as well. So what sort of maybe hope or what sort of gems would you like to give to our friends who are thinking about starting this, but they're a little nervous? <laughs> Gosh, well, I'm learning it too. So I'm not the, I definitely wouldn't be the expert, but I would say the big thing is, let's say, for example, you you are currently working full time and you're trying to figure out, well, what do I want to do this? Give yourself a break. I feel like sometimes there's this culture of, well, you have to just jump all in today. And it's like, don't let anybody put that kind of pressure on you. It is your life to choose and decide. It might be a part-time business for you for the next 10 years if that's what you want. It might be a part-time business for the next year. It's your choice because guess what? If you have a family or people that are depending on you or you value certain things and that job is providing that right now, why are you feeling ashamed of that? It's doing what it's supposed to do in its season. And let's say, you know, let's be honest, there's nothing cute about not having any income. 
right? <laughs> it sounds good, but you know, take it for what it is. Use that job to finance your dream, which is your business, and and have a time frame. For example, fund the business with your day job. You don't have to jump in a hundred percent right away. You may decide you don't want to be an entrepreneur, and that's fine. After you've explored it, you're like, this maybe not for me. But the great thing about it is, is that you've tried and you've examined it. It's better to do that than to never try and wonder. Like, oh, well, I wonder if. No, give it some time. Say, hey, and then know that the goal would be ideally for you to set up as a business from day one. I think that's important is, yes, you're going to probably have to do a lot of things in the beginning. And that might be times where you have conversations with family and people that say, hey, I'm starting this. I'm trying to figure it out. Maybe give me, you know, give me a little grace, some patience with me. But this isn't my goal for it to be like this forever. Yeah. My goal is to try to build it so that it's something that is really sustainable and that I can, you know, have time away from. But the goal is to make it something that's bringing value to me, to my family, to everyone around me. And then the folks that are going to be on board are going to be on board. The people that aren't, they aren't, right? <laughs> so, yes. um, but I think I would just say take the pressure off. Either one is not bad. It's a, a personal choice. Yeah, you hit uh, a really important point. Well, a lot of important points. Like I, I'm like want to ramble all of them at the same time. But really, the one where go at your own pace and that false narrative about instant success, right? I love to argue that anybody you see that seems like an overnight success has been at it for five to 10 years. Absolutely, they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like first unsuccessfully and then silently and then building and and then learning and and all the initiations of being a business person. And so I think that it's so important to say that because it is a very, it looks like it, it certainly looks like it in this virtual world as if people are coming up overnight, but that's just the, the most untrue, so untrue. It's not. And I, you know, again, with social media and everyone's online and flashing whatever it is that they do, and you can be led to believe that they're doing well, but what if they're running a business, but they're not even as successful as you t- technically from a financial perspective, right? So maybe they're struggling a lot more than you you are at your job. You know, what's most important to you? Is it to look like the entrepreneur or to really be successful as one? Because you're taking your time, yeah. right? And I think you just have to be true to yourself. You don't owe anyone an explanation for the pace you go at. Mm -hmm. Just as long as you know that you have a plan, you have a time frame, and that things, like you said, it's going to take five to 10 years. If you're thinking in one, two years, you're going to have it figured out, you're going to frustrate yourself. Yes. If you do, that's not the norm. That's, you know, (laughs) congratulations, you did it. But, (laughs) but. It's not realistic. So I I even have, you know, expectations for myself that, hey, okay, it's going to take some time. I'm not rushing it. Um, I have a great foundation. I have a great career. I have, um, I do great projects. I have a very great lifestyle that I've been able to be afforded because of my skills. Mm -hmm. As I move into the next phase of my life, we'll see how, you know, and when entrepreneurship full-time looks for me. Mm. And I'm okay with that. You know, yes. I, I dare not pretend to be something that I'm not, right? Yeah. I, it's a waste of time. I don't know. I don't owe anyone that. Ugh, pretending is exhausting. I love <laughs> saying that whenever I can. So I wanted to sneak that in there. But, you know, you you said something really powerful. Don't beat yourself up, 
right? If you're telling yourself it's going to take two years and it's taking five, like I actually work with a lot of one to three to five year entrepreneurs and I will, and if they're in the one year and they're like, I want 10 figure months, you know, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, um, okay, are you okay not making any money in your first three years? If in three years you haven't made a dime, are you still, are you still passionate about this? Are you still wanting to do this? And it's like, skirt, wait, uh, what, you know? And so I think it's so important to say, because it's, it's a hard <laughs> pill to swallow. It's like, you might be, uh, you might go into a little bit of debt doing this, my love. Uh, listen, right. You know, don't let the Instagram pics fool you because <laughs> <laughs> don't let it happen because they're showing you their their sales funnel, but how long did it take them to get there? Yes. And it, l- listen, do not be fooled at all, right? You have lights on, you have gas, you have a home. Do not jump ship just to prove that you're an entrepreneur and no. But yeah. that's the problem that sometimes people don't tell that part of it. Right. Everyone sells to highlight reels. Mm-hmm. And my husband's a full-time entrepreneur. He has a technology company. He's been in business probably 15 years. Yeah. I see the amount of work that he does. Yeah. I see it. So I am not deceived, right? I am not deceived about what it takes. And so you have to be really committed to the cause. You have to really be, and it takes time to do that. Again, I just say, don't beat yourself up. It's going to take time. You don't owe anyone an explanation of why you're going at your pace. If it's in your heart to do it full time right away, make sure you have, this is just my conservative side coming out, but it's true. Try to have, you know, a few months worth of your expenses. So you are not stressed because I've heard this from an entrepreneur, a friend of mine. She said this, she's, and it made so much sense. She said, people can sense when you're thirsty. Mm-hmm. People can sense when you are hungry and not in a good way, but when you're like so desperate for the sale that you, you'll do anything because maybe your next meal depends on it. People can sense yeah. that. Yeah. But when you're selling like, hey, whether you buy it or not, I'm going to be, I'm fine. I'm going to eat. My yeah. lights are still going to be on. House still, gonna be, rent's going to be paid, mortgage paid. There's not as much pressure and it's like, what is the fascination with this pressure to try to be under? And again, I know, you know, someone could say something totally on the opposite end and say, no, you've got to be hungry. You got, is there really one formula? Mm. Um, because that would mean that every single business need to operate the same. I love that you said that because I, I, for me, like I, I respect that there's not one formula and that that hustle and grind mentality is outdated, right? Like, cause we're talking about thriving, not scratch and claw your way to the top. It's not about that anymore. Like we can really be insanely successful from flow, from love, from service, from passion yes. and like, and that's thriving. And I wanted to um, highlight something that you said said about, you know, people showing the highlight reel and the funnel and like this and that is like, as often as I can, I speak into all my listeners or readers is like, do not be buying people's quick fixes right? Like it's false. It's fake. It is not sustainable. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. what worked for them, but it's not unique to you. And so it's not unique to your situation and your passion and your natural way of being. And so it just kind of bums me out when people get bought into, oh, look at their highlight reel, look at their success. I must follow them. And that we don't listen to our own inner authority. And you hit it so many times. It's just like, you got the gas on, you got the lights on, you got, you're comfortable, you have savings. Now, what would you want to be doing? Not in a time of desperation. And I talk to my clients so much about don't be following leads or following up with leads just when you're thirsty and hungry 
angry because that has a different energy, right? Like unless you're, you know, if out of meditation, I think that's a beautiful time when you, when you get an inspired hit about who to reach out to, or maybe a new program you want to share. Those are where it's like truly genuine and not attached to success or right the achievement of it. And so tell us a little bit about your book. You are absolutely worth it. It's coming out in September. And I think that, you know, everything we're talking about is, is letting people know, like, you are absolutely worth it. So tell us a little bit more. Sure. So um, the book, you know, as you mentioned, you're absolutely worth it. Releasing self-doubt, embracing confidence and owning your yes it's really, I like to call it a sisterly sit-down session. Messages that are designed to help women push past the fear, say yes to themselves, and to show up with a greater level of confidence in their careers, relationships, and everyday life. And it's an exploratory journey where it starts with looking at the root of why don't you have the confidence that you can have what you really want? What is it that makes you feel like, I don't know if I can have that? Well, what makes you think, can I, will I, what would they say if I asked for that? What if the answer is no? All of these swirls of self-doubt oftentimes that we have, that internal self-talk that really can be limiting. And we have these amazing dreams and goals, but the self-talk drowns them out sometimes. And so the, the book is for the ambitious woman, it has those dreams and goals, but sometimes wonders whether or not she's good enough for them. And it walks through, well, why do you, why do you believe that? So we started the root, because there's always a why. And I realized this after really digging deep into other women that I would coach, other women that I meet, you know, globally, in the U.S., college students, female founders or entrepreneurs, executives. I thought it was just me at first. And then I started to talk to them and there was this underlying question art am I enough can I really have that and I remember different times I would talk to different women and they'd say well I'm just I'm not as confident in meetings or I'm not good at negotiating I'm terrified to do that and I would start to peel back so why and then they would go back to the beginning of well because this happened or because I heard this or someone told me this and so I had to realize there was a root and so we talked through that route and explored. And then the second part of the book is really talking, looking through some of those common beliefs that limit us and how to make the shift forward into the confidence. I love it so much. And I really feel like any resource that there is to explore our own fear and self-doubt, because as we were kind of talking about, like with the buy my three-step this or five quick fixes or seven keys to blah, blah, blah. That's cool and all, but does it really turn you inward? And so I love, I love the work that you're sharing and the message that you have, and then the way that you're going to facilitate that with people. And so what does it look like to work with you? Or, you know, how do we start following Valera? <laughs> sure. So I think what it looks like, you said one thing that I thought was really important and really insightful is I, you know, in talking with a lot of people, I realize there's this external sense and then that internal part. And so often we talk about the the fact, for example, that women may not get as equal pay or we don't get um, funded oftentimes when we start businesses, you know, the rates of maybe men or all these different things, a lot of the external things. Yeah. And there's a lot of dialogue around that. But I wanted to talk about the inward part because the reality is that 
some of that may change. Some of it may not change. Some of it may not change fast enough for us, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you manage you in that process? And so regardless of what never happens externally or takes a while to happen, right? Not disputing that it should or maybe it, it needs to get better. But what are, who are you in the meantime? Because you still need to thrive. And it's going to require you to do some work on the inside first. Mm-hmm. So that if, let's say, that institution says no, or that business loan doesn't come through, or whatever that might look like, or it's not in your favor, you still have the mindset that I'm going to thrive anyway, because I'm absolutely worth it. Yes, yes. <laughs> you made me so happy. This is what a like what a beautiful kind of arrival towards the end of our conversation is who are you gonna be in the meantime, regardless of all of it? Like right. living your heart unleashed doesn't have anything to do with your circumstances. Period. Yeah. Right? It's about who exactly. you wanna be, how you wanna be, your impact and just so powerful and profound because you're right. Like we could come up with endless reasons, endless external excuses about why we can't live the life we want to live, or we can see it, own it, release it and show up anyways. That's correct. Own your yes. Yes, yes, yes. And so, so tell us, uh, I like to ask this question about like, what would it look like? What does it look like for Valera's heart to be unleashed? Oh gosh, let's see, Valera's heart to be unleashed is some point in time um, traveling globally, speaking, um, inspiring and challenging women to thrive. That's really what it would be. And to continue writing, this is my first book, but I anticipate there might be more because my heart's passion is to help other women as I continue to grow, right? I don't have all the answers. I never profess to have them. But as I continue to grow and as I learn more about me and as I learn more about other women and see some of the challenges, I just feel compelled to talk through them, to share, to cheer them on and say, you've got this. You are going to do this. It is yours for the taking, yours for the asking. So go do it. But that's exactly what it is. So that's the time frames. Only God knows. But uh, that would be me totally being unleashed and living life to the fullest. And so that vision is always being cast out there, right? Yeah. Got to cast a vision out there. And um, yeah, so I mean, that's what it's for me. That's what it means when a woman's when you, I think you asked the question before, what does it look like working with me is I like to help a woman to happen to see how powerful she is. That is it to almost get that permission to be fearless. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I got to tell you guys as listeners, you're listening to the audio, but I'm on a visual uh, interview right now. And Val- <laughs> Valera, you, you are beaming talking about your heart being unleashed. <laughs> just smile ear to ear over here. And so I just want to share that love because, you know, I'd love to challenge our listeners. This, this honestly that was the first time I've had that experience. I've asked that question quite a bit, but like some people get more serene and some people, you know, they get real dreamy and lost. But like you just radiated all of that vision and I just, I can see it. I can feel it. I can hear it. And so I want to invite our listeners for the first time ever to answer that question for yourself. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What is it like for you to be living your heart unleashed? And, and Valera, thank you so much for unleashing your heart here with us today. It's been a pleasure Absolutely. getting to know you and, and sharing your unleashed heart. And so where can people, you know, visit you, connect? Sure. So I'm on across all the social media platforms as a positive ID. That's A and then positive ID. And of course, if anybody wants to grab a book, it is on Amazon. You're absolutely worth it by Valera Wilson. 
Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much. We'll be sure to link all of that in the show notes, but I just want to say thank you again for being here and thank Thank you you. hearts. Thank you for listening. Thank you for opening up your heart to what's possible when you live your heart unleashed, because here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.